Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Fajitas Tonight with me Morgana and me Elle and we've got something a little special lined up for you today. It's the week of International International Women's Day Day, which is tomorrow actually yeah and also coincidentally falls on our housemate Georgie's birthday so happy birthday G for International Women's Day. We will be going out for a few drinks. And food. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah, I'm more excited for the food, for sure. Yeah. And obviously giving her a present. Oh, yeah, yeah, we definitely got you one, huh? <laughs> great organisation, I know, friends. I will be wrapping that tonight. <laughs> but Georgie, you won't hear this till later. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we thought we'd bring you a special episode for International Women's Day um, to celebrate women who have been influential within the last few years yeah. few weeks who we've seen noticed and we just wanted to have a little debate about exactly well international women's day in general kind of celebrates women's rights so i thought we'd just kick off the episode by saying like how me and Elle try and be feminist or more feminist in our daily lives so Elle, in what way do you think you are being feminist or you are a feminist oh my god we just had this conversation and i've already forgotten what my feminist was i could only think of the one in the way I'm trying to be more feminist. I'm trying to check Go myself. with that first. We okay. can do it upwards. So something that I am struggling with, but I'm trying yes. to remember to do, is when you're talking about other girls, not necessarily in a negative context, but if your friend's been upset by someone or if they've been dumped mm. or if they're feeling insecure about something and you saying, you know, like, oh, don't worry, you're prettier than her. Or you're clever. Yes, so trying true. To it's so common, isn't it? And it just the classic, like pitting women against each other. I need to stop unhealthy. doing that. I'm trying to, like, I think I'm doing it a lot less than I used to. But oh, yeah, so the one comment I was going to say is mm. that I probably wouldn't have considered myself a feminist about two years ago. Yeah. And I actually really. think that podcasts sort of like helped me recognize that I was one. So true. And also, just I want to get this in there, I realized it's you who introduced me to podcasts. And if I hadn't discovered podcasts, like, I don't think I'd be the person I am I today. Know, I know. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, thank you, Fiona, who introduced me to ah. podcasts. But yeah, so I feel like Guilty Feminist and The Hilo were the first yeah, two podcasts definitely. I listened to. And that's made me realise that I am a feminist. And that everybody is a feminist in some way, if you Exactly. Because I rights. totally believed it was the dirty word that everyone says. It's, I know. it's just because it sounds so, like, feminine. And then you instantly think, oh, it's about women, it's about women, it's nothing to do with men. But of yeah. course, like getting out of the toxic 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 would help men as well and toxic masculinity is like one of the things that's really being championed by the feminist movement at the moment exactly so i feel like i think more men are becoming open to accepting that they are feminists or that they should support feminism definitely um, which is really great but yeah what's Um, what's your working on and what's your the way that you are a great feminist some uh, something that I think I'm trying to do is kind of check myself, like based on the stuff I've kind of been hearing in podcasts. So, like for example, if I were to see like a man, a single man, um, like parenting, like a father with his children, I always think, oh my god, so cute, whatever. <laughs> but then it's like, hold up, I wouldn't even give this a second thought if this was a woman and her baby, because yeah. it's just accepted that like a mother should perform that role whereas it's actually like men should also be performing that role yeah but they get celebrated yeah Yeah. exactly and kind of like fetishized in a way like oh so fit blah 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 and it's kind of like i mean it's just a dad doing his daddy job i mean they can be cute but women can be cute too i guess mums it's true love all round and one way in which well i suppose it's a bit of a guilty feminist thing i just love makeover scenes in films i know that princess diaries one sing to me paolo Another great one. She's all that controversial. Morgana. Oh god, it's great. It has a fantastic soundtrack with it. <laughs> I mean, I do just love that. And have you seen? Let me think of another one. House Bunny. I have. Seen have you House seen Bunny. that? that it's got Emma Stone. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, they always all have like curly hair, and braces, glasses. and glasses, and then they give them straight hair, contacts, and. Yeah, take their braces off somehow. It's like Hurry me makeover two thousand and twelve when I got my when I got my braces off, I wore contact lenses and I straightened my ginger hair. Oh, amazing. So, probably inspired me. Yeah. Not very feminist of you, are I know, we? that's really bad. Go back to the it? old look. Oh well. Um but so we, sh- we yeah. should probably get started with our little International Women's Day discussion now. Let's go. So for our International Women's Day episode, we are going to talk about four women that have caught our attention in the media at the moment. Um, We think they're seen as role role models, regardless of kind of what you think about them or what we think about them. They are viewed as women in the popular sphere. So they are influential. Um, So we're going to discuss kind of how they've been treated in the media, what they 
show off um in what ways they might be problematic but we're just going to have kind of a little candid discussion about four of the popular women of the moment so Morgana would you like to kick off with our first okay well this one's kind of to do with what has been in the news this week so one of our women we have chosen is Emma Thompson you may know her as Nanny McPhee you may know her for her fantastic moment in love action I still think that is one of the best acting scenes I've ever seen you know the bit when she's like in the bedroom and she has to hold it together for the children the necklace the necklace oh my god yeah it gets me every time but um yeah Emma Thompson incredible woman incredible actress and writer um but basically this week she significantly pulled out of a film that John Lasseter who is was the former head of Pixar um was going to produce but basically he has been caught up in this whole me too movement and he's been accused of sexual harassment and he'd kind of only had like 6 months off of mm-hmm. work like they like he was removed from another project and now they were going to get him back into this other millions dollar worth project um so no punishment really at all no yeah. repercussions for um what he'd done but um emma thompson has pulled out this film that they were going to be working on together um to kind of make a statement about like it's not okay he hasn't been punished enough um and she's just been praised so much for like actually walking the walk rather than talking the talk mm-hmm. like i think the me too movement is a fantastic thing but it is a hashtag and it is true that a lot of people say things and would retweet and do all that which is so great obviously it spreads the word it's not nothing but also action and also money yeah she's so she sacrificed her, her wage for yeah this, yeah issue exactly and his money he would have been paid millions for this he actually needs to feel like financial repercussions i mean mm. getting a bit deep here but money is power and yeah. i think that is the big part like if people don't feel financial repercussions for their actions then there's nothing else as important really and also hopefully the fact that she's pulled out of this film will scare other people who want to take him on into thinking well our stars might quit because they don't want to be caught up in this hopefully she's the first of many and people will follow in her footsteps Mm. I mean I've seen nothing but praise for her action so hopefully other people will do the same she's got guts she's also been like sort of a champion of kind of like the aging Mm. female in hollywood hasn't she a hundred percent yeah she's talked about ageism so much um there was have you seen the sense and sensibility film she did with kate winslet like years ago well basically she was in it and like her love interest was hugh grant and then people were like oh aren't you a bit old for hugh grant um but she was actually he was a year younger than her in the film it was just because oh. she was like usually women are significantly yes, younger yes yes so you could have like a 40 so, year old yeah. man but he would not be with a 40 year old woman he in a film is portrayed as being with a 20 year old woman exactly yeah. exactly so she's really outspoken about that really outspoken about feminist issues um and well i guess this is a bit not really a controversial one i just think she's great yeah i no, don't really is, have a we've downside kicked off someone that we we've just kicked praise. off with a good egg <laughs> i love emma thompson and may many more people follow her I yeah think. i've listened to the desert island dish, uh, dishes oh yeah desert, not the dishes one i wish she did that oh i love the that one. desert island discs oh um, did you with her, yeah i think it was from a few years ago now yeah 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 i listened to that as well really recently but really good where she's talking about her relationship with her father and yeah yeah she's been through and... quite a lot actually yeah and also she had a really cute story about how she met her current husband it was like a, a, I don't want to say a soothsayer what's the word like a you're asking the wrong person a prediction person <laughs> I feel like soothsayer is medieval but he said you're going to meet your husband um, the soothsayer said to her husband like you're going to meet your future wife on the set of Sense and Sensibility and because Emma Thompson was married at the time he was after Kate Winslet like flirting with her and he's like I'm just not feeling anything but then when Emma Thompson broke up with her husband it they did actually slowly come together oh, so the prediction dude was right cute I know I am so cute interested and weird. in fortune tellers predictions I know yeah strange yeah very but interesting that's good yeah. I like that we, we picked that short and sweet. Number one. She's too, short she's and too sweet. Positive. She is too good. Um, okay, On to so, number two. Yeah, Elle. number two. Meghan Markle. Oh, I'm very excited to talk she, about yeah, her. Yeah, she's amazing. She's the newest member of the royal family. Yeah. She is very heavily pregnant now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, you watch, did you watch the royal wedding, by the way? I... I we were abroad, in, yeah. I know, but me and Jazz were dedicated. We streamed. Shout out to Jazz. <laughs> I think we wanted to do a streaming, but then everybody was just... It was a hot day. Oh, okay. sh- honestly I've where is your national I've pride i nearly cried when he pulled the veil though that was cute oh okay yeah so you do have got, i got feeling. i do get a bit emotional watching those things i know? know and i feel like i always feel a bit in the minority when i actually got like quite excited for the royal wedding because i think so many people are like oh anti-royal and i'm like 
It's just a bit of fun. Oh my god, no! When um Kate and Will's got married, we had a party. Oh, did we had you? Masks. We had a barbecue. Did right. you? Did you yeah. have um Union Jack bunting? With their scones. Did. <laughs> I don't know, but we had a barbecue, and I I wore a Kate and Will's mask oh. with my friend Iona. Yeah, amazing. Good times. But yeah, so <laughs> Meghan Markle. Less about her wedding, more about her as a feminist icon. Of course, icon. that is what we are discussing. <laughs> <laughs> and I still see, love Meg Overseas. <laughs> you can see our guilty feminism. Yeah, I like, know. Oh, a wedding the dress. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so she's the newest member of the royal family. She has talked about being a feminist from a young age before. She's done lots of speeches. She was part of um, the UN. So she was the UN's Women's Advocate for Women's Political Participation and Leadership in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those speeches was the one where she talks about writing a letter as a young child mm-hmm. um, to a, I think it was a detergent company um, and basically pointing out that their language was sort of like sexist really? and they changed it, yeah so she was influential from quite a young age um, and has always been sort of active with women's issues yeah, in mind definitely um, and kind of interesting because recently she has been under a lot of media scrutiny with some scholars from Oxford Brookes University actually saying that she is not, she's a, a post-feminist now Ooh. that she's part of the royal family, yeah. What does that What does that mean? She's no longer a feminist because she. There's. They argue that she can't be now that she has. That they're mutually her, exclusive. Yeah, she shut down her blog. Her um interactions and her opinions are filtered through, on online. They're filtered yeah. through the Kensington Palace um social media. Wow. So that's really I interesting. Know. What do you think about them being mutually exclusive? Well, the okay. Idea that they could well. Be. Another shout out to Jazz. We have we watched the Harry and Meghan engagement video, I would say, ten times. <laughs> honestly, because we were just like, love is real. It's amazing. Because honestly, I really think they bonded over their activism. Yeah. You know, he does a lot for mind and he did the Invictus Games and she's really passionate and they met in like oh, I want to they say Botswana or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. But they've done they did a lot of travelling around Africa and that kind of solidified their love and she's like I knew she wrote a lot about like period poverty and issues like that before she met him. And I think that's actually what's really bonded them. And also like a big part of being in the royal family, they do a lot of charity work. Yeah, that's their life after Yeah, Yeah. I think she's got a big platform in being a princess. I I mean, I think traditionally like you you hear a young girl grow up and say like, I want to be a princess when I grow Mm. up. You think, whoa, so you just want to marry like a rich and powerful man. You don't actually want to do a thing for yourself. But really i think through her platform her and harry work together to enact real positive change yeah i agree so yeah. i don't necessarily agree with these academics i'm sure they're no. much more clever than me oh but, no uh, rubbish yeah rubbish but um yeah i think that she can still use her platform for positive change and the you know the royals aren't supposed to have any like political leanings yeah. overtly and i don't know if i necessarily disagree with that fact i think mm. that it's quite nice to have them as sort of like neutral i did that little speech mark yeah, yeah um everybody knows she's a feminist and that's not political leaning so exactly. she can still give speeches empowering women she just can't yeah. kind of align herself with a certain political party exactly and i don't think that's negative i think she can shine light on great on great issues mm. with her platform and even if it is like I don't know, allegedly non-feminist things like, oh, what a beautiful dress that kind of draw you into Megan and mm-hmm. this whole princess yeah. fantasy that gets you to look at her and follow her. If you're hearing what she has to say, that's great. Well, even that that point, that shows that she's debunking the myth that to be a feminist, you have to be not wearing a bra. You have mm. to be um, not shaving your armpits. It, it can show that to be a feminist, you just have to be a woman that believes in equality. So And true. that's the fundamental part. And if that's what brings more women into realising they are feminist, then she can only be seen as a positive person and a exactly. positive icon. But not everyone does. I just despair at the trolling and the scrutiny that she's yeah. under. Like every And especially like pitting her up against Kate. Kate, yeah. It's so toxic. It's the sexist media again. It is. <laughs> you know, the worst one I heard about was that... Um, Oh, what was it? She was caught... Eat, she was, like, papped eating some avocado toast. And then there was an article released, like, Meghan Marco is starting gang wars in Mexico. She's eating an avocado. Oh and gosh. I was literally like, give the poor woman a yeah. break. Like, that is just ridiculous. It's just hunting for any kind mm-hmm. of story. It's awful. Yeah. And interestingly, George Clooney commented on sort of, like, the unfair media attention that she is receiving at the moment. Yeah. she's she. I think she's eight months pregnant, so quite heavily pregnant. Yeah. Um, and people have been literally slagging her off for like holding her bump. What? 
Like, what are you, what are you meant to do with your hands? I know. So, um, <laughs> so George Clooney sort of, like, stepped in her defence and said that um, she's been receiving unfair media pressure and coverage and was sort of warning that it was, like, history repeating itself in the same way that Diana kind of was under this constant yeah, scrutiny through the media. Definitely. And that's what eventually... I think Kate as well. It's what eventually caused mm. um, the death of Diana. I mean, she was being chased by paparazzi. Oh, of so he was sort of giving out a warning, like, you know, this is a woman and she is trying to live her life. She's, yes. she's pregnant, she's vulnerable at the moment mm. and you shouldn't be kind of... It is shocking how people can be so thoughtless. And, yeah. and, like, seeing any form of trolling just makes me despair in humanity. But what do you think about the Kate versus Megan idea? I think it's ridiculous. It's so toxic. Yeah. Why? Why do we have to compare them? Like, they are both women in their own right. And they're both married to different men. And, and exactly, just... that's the thing. I think also... And this is something probably I'm guilty of. I love it when celebrities are friends. I think it's so yeah, cute. Yeah, I know. I get so excited. Oh, they've got a real friendship. But, like, we've heard in the Sex and the City, like, um, oh, yeah. scandal with Kim and SJP, like, Kim says, we didn't have to be friends. We worked together. We were colleagues. Yeah. And in that same way, families aren't always friends. You don't mm-hmm. have to be friends with your brother-in-law's wife. Yeah, definitely. So even if they aren't friends, they're still civil towards each other and they still have mutual respect. Yeah. And why are we trying to pick on that? You don't... Nobody gets on with everybody in their family. I know. I mean, I actually do. <laughs> I'm not married yet. You've got so. a thriving WhatsApp chat. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think it's kind of really sad that we can't just accept that these are two strong, independent women that don't have to have anything in common, don't have to be best friends. And also pointing out, you know, that Wills and Kate are now going to be living separately to Harry and Meghan because Meghan and Harry are moving. Yeah. Well, why would they live in the same place? I know, They're probably going to move on no and create sense. their own families. And also, we just don't know, like, what goes on behind closed doors, True. really, especially with the royal family. Like, I have seen the crown, and let me tell you, <laughs> the systems they've got in place to keep privacy. I mean, I know it's a few years behind. I don't know when Series 2 is coming out, by the way. I'm very excited. But, um, yeah, they've got systems in place to ensure some privacy, but that's... Oh, I, I just find it toxic. That, yeah, that it's sad. women against each other. Yeah. But yeah, Megan is a... I think we've decidedly... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I think we can agree. Fans. Yeah, fans. And that being a princess is not... No, I don't think that's... Being feminist. Absolutely. Great. Okay, on to the next one. This is a controversial one. Oh, fantastic. So we've picked this person, not necessarily because we think that they're, you know... A positive, a positive role model or a wholly positive role model but we've picked them because they are they have a huge platform influence they're a mass they're probably the the influencer the influencer you think yes. of you've all guessed it you know it is miss kim, kim kardashian. kardashian west oh shit yeah, i forgot that bit she got the <laughs> she's married so yeah who wants to oh come on you I mean, have this seen is my bread and butter. this is literally this you is... have seen keeping up with the kardashian come on now just give us the spiel okay so <laughs> yeah i just wanted to kick off with you know everybody always talks about how she basically made her money through a sex tape and this has come up recently um when kylie her sister who is 21 yes. has just been deemed the youngest billionaire self-made yeah and everyone's been sort of like catching on to the fact that she's not necessarily in quote marks self-made because she's made her money through being part of a family which have profited off of a tv show which was commissioned because kim had a sex tape tape released um so yeah also jamila jamil who infamously does not like the kardashians has actually um made a comment about Hmm. how the media is kind of has how they've portrayed her as a self-made billionaire Wait, so who the media have portrayed kylie as, as, a, self-made, as a self-made yeah, yeah. billionaire in quote marks but to try and get a reaction to fuel this anti-kardashianism really yeah. Wait, jamila said that that's she very said that. she said that let me find the tweet if i can um i think i saved it because i was literally like wow that's amazing so she put Jamila states, me thinks the newspapers are trying to get her dragged by calling her self-made. And mm. I think I agree. They're trying to set off a sort of a backfire against this to bring up the whole Kim Kardashian is famous because of a sex tape issue. That's never really gone though, has it? I mean, no. I just, I don't think anyone looks at the Kardashians and thinks, wow, they got it from the ground roots up. I think every, the sex tape thing is always hanging I know, them. but I think that we can, we can view this and you can view it any way you want in a, mm. in a feminist way. I mean, ultimately a sex tape was released against her will of her with her former partner. 
and she has used that turn she's literally used revenge porn turned it around and created a business off of it and you've got to respect her for that regardless of all the negative things that she might have done she has she's turned herself around she's used revenge porn that was not in her favor yeah to profit and become i do see that and you can also say like self-made billionaire what no she comes from a family which were already rich and famous but that's just like do you mean that no one in a position of privilege can ever continue their success and can they ever because some people are just born into like rich and successful families yeah and they might can they might be more become more rich and successful but like they're always going to have, oh, but it wasn't actually you who made the first bit. And it's like, oh, well, can they ever be successful then? You know mm. what I mean? But yeah, so I just wanted to talk about how she sort of removed the power from the man in that situation. That's how she made mm. money. And we can view that in a feminist way. Interesting. I'm ready for the flip side. <laughs> okay, so obviously the Kardashians are well known for their um, controversial advertising. Do you want to? Yeah, well, I, the first thing that springs to my mind, appetite suppressant, lollipops, um, tea just, blenders. Yeah, a few yeah. days after Christmas, I saw on Kim Kardashian's Instagram that she was like, back to eating salads, haha. And it was just like, oh, come on. It just fuels such, it's such a toxic narrative and like the idea that food is an enemy and just... And their bodies as well. A lot of cosmetic surgery. Yeah. A lot Allegedly. Of... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of makeup. I don't know. I mean, you are the Keeping Up the Kardashians expert, but are there ever scenes where they don't wear makeup? Yeah. There are. I promise you. There are. Okay. These are the ones, scenes where, like, say, Kendall was not wearing any makeup from years ago, have been pulled out and used against her for her skin, which is sad as well. Yeah, no, that is sad, and that's a Um, sad reflection on our media. But I do, I can't say that they necessarily promote healthy body types for women. In fact, I would say that they fuel a lot of insecurities. Yeah, I, I would agree. And in some ways, I mean... Again, you can view it two ways, or yeah. more than two ways. In some ways, they've changed the ideal of the body shape from yes, this starving, is yeah. from starving kind of like heroin the 90s. chic. Yeah, and that might be more positive. Um, but then they've changed it to a body type, which is also sort of quite unattainable if you yes. don't have the genetics um, to to acquire that body. Um, and that, obviously, the mm-hmm. um, accusations of um, cultural preparation of black women and black yeah. women's bodies and even um, black women I can't remember which, this might have been on the receipts where they were talking about how the Kardashians have negatively impacted the idea of black women's bodies for black women because now that's seen yes. as how a black woman's body should be when it's not that's it's just a picking parts it. it's picking out the big lips the big bums the big boobs and it's forgetting that that usually comes with a big stomach yeah or, or, or any big, other type yeah, of body being yeah like something else you can't just retain this flat stomach as well and it's just so it's picking out the kind of like desirable attributes of stereotypical black women's bodies and fig features but pasting that onto sort of like a white woman yeah um and so yeah obviously there have been those accusations which you can read into and i i yeah. do agree with yeah um which are sort of negative because it's appropriation of black women's culture and their body types and their images um and profiting off it massively like hugely yeah. and especially for kim who is she's not actually um got any sort of like blackness in her she's half white half armenian yeah um so that makes it even more problematic the thing about the kardashians it's just their insane level of influence like i don't think i really i don't know if it's as big here in the uk but i just can't really grasp the figures when it's like kylie releases a lip gloss and within seconds millions yeah. of them I've are got lip gloss. yep i i know you do i got it a few years and ago. it's nice it smells like cupcakes it smells, oh my god it smells amazing <laughs> it um, does smell amazing but there and then when you compare that to Meghan markle who we're just saying has come into the royal family and it's got this role of a princess but would use her platform to talk about really important issues going on around the world Mm. i have to say like on the the kardashian social media i am aware that they do actually donate to charity but they don't really like i would say they use their platform to well expand their business and i do see the flip side as well that that is obviously a positive thing yes they are selling their makeup and their cosmetics but if they in one tweet were to just say look at this charity work or look at this problem like just think like they have so much power mm. and and classic spider-man with great power comes responsibility maybe it's just because like <laughs> just spider-man talking about the Kardashians. <laughs> yes i did um but like i think it's just because if it were me so noble in that position <laughs> like just just one instagram post of theirs makes so much impact they could mm. change they could just 
solve world hunger. No, maybe not, but you know. I mean, they probably could donate and save world hunger. They could do a lot of things. Yeah. They could probably do more than what they are doing. I don't disagree with Kardashians, but I just think they could do more. But it's not just them then, is it? It's, it's the whole no. of influencer culture. And that brings into another thing that we might talk about in the future, which is sort of like celebrity and, and what their responsibility is. Yeah, to... I find this such an interesting discussion. Yeah, like, what... To what extent should they use their platform? And to what extent should any rich person have use to donate platform. to charity? Yeah. Or, have or be politically things? minded. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So... I guess with Kim K, what are we feeling? We're feeling she's... I'm on the fence. I mean, I don't know. If you were to meet her, do you think you'd like her? I think I would like her. I think I also... This is just obviously coming from a place of not knowing her. Only yeah. having viewed her through the lens with which we're given, which is keeping up with Which is what she curates. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that she is a good mother. Yes. I do think They that. are... I can respect them in their family ties. I think yeah. they are very committed to And so I family. think... Yeah, and also in terms of, like, feminism as well, I know I mentioned this to you earlier, um, Kim has, again, feminist reading of Kim Kardashian, if you oh. so want to, would be that she has had a surrogacy. She's actually got another one, I think. Um, oh, yeah. So she'll have, ha- she'll have had two children this time next year. She'll have had two children through a surrogate. And that is showing that women aren't devalued when they can't carry their own children and she might be a positive influence for someone who can't carry their own she can't for medical reasons and so that's a positive influence for someone who might feel like they're less of a woman or less of a mother if they can't carry their own child yeah and i think that that is that is going to be positive Yep, I agree. And you're right, but again, that's one of those small ways, like her doing yeah. that one positive thing can have such positive influence, she could just do the one or two more things. But then, but then that, how much do we hard, ask of her and exactly. how much do how we much ask of others? So true. So I am really on the fence about Kim K. I know. I feel like she is an entrepreneur, a businesswoman at its finest, but then she's also problematic. But then everybody is. Everybody is. But, but we can't deny that she is... A hugely influential woman so we we must mention her on international Women's oh Day. yeah definitely yeah. definitely i'm undecided okay well that's yeah. fine it's fine to be undecided opinions can change all exactly the time. well there are just it's the world isn't black and white oh no we're talking about the world we'll save the mj discussion for later oh yeah <laughs> oh god okay so finally our final woman for yes. international Women's day do you want to introduce or shall i oh uh, you go for it okay i feel like i've chatted a lot because kim is like your thang. My thang. Um, but the her final one is Mumro Bagdoff. Um, she is a transgender activist that may... You may know from the kind of L'Oreal scandal Ooh, yes. of 2017, but you should just know her anyway because she's literally amazing. Um, <laughs> and follow her Instagram and her Twitter if you want to be reminded daily about being woke and ways to yeah. wake. She's actually <laughs> just one of the most positive, positive social media influencers she really out there. Is, she I really, really is. think she is. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, the L'Oreal scandal will just go over quickly. So she was hired in 2017 of the face of their like new diversity campaign, being a um, trans woman and mixed race um, and a British model. She basically was hired by them and then she made some comments on her personal Facebook about the Charlottesville rally, which were, I think, and so do others, a lot of people, taken mm. out of context yeah. um, and used against her and she was dropped by L'Oreal for that. Um, and I just want to start by commenting from a New Statesman article by Charlie Brinkhurst Cuff on the whole L'Oreal issue. Um, so it says um, that basically L'Oreal want to use our brown skin but not our blackness you want our full lips but not our loud voices you want our exotic edge but not our radical politics you want to use our bodies to tick your new diversity quota but you don't really understand why our existence is so fraught and i thought that was just such an interesting way to kind of kick off with mumro birdoff as an influencer because that's how she was sort of thrust into my periphery yeah definitely with that sort of scandal um but the scandal there is the fact that L'Oreal were clearly using her as a diversity tick box, as suggested in that article, and that as soon as it might have caused controversy with their white, you know, consumers, they got for context, feet, yeah. yeah, they got coffee, and it's kind of absolutely disgusting that that was used in that way. Um, but yeah, we are big fans. Yeah, and she's just really influential. Like now that she does have this platform, and I think you're right, that issue brought a lot, brought her into a lot of people's. Um, periphery but she's also criticized victoria's secret um after the company said that they would not use trans models in their 
um, in their fashion show because what was it? It's a fantasy. Yeah. So I think the the guy said, um, "We will never use transgender models because Victoria's Secret is about a fantasy, and essentially, we don't. I don't. Think, I know. Yeah. Exactly. Ridiculous. So Monroe obviously responded like, "All women are a fantasy. What? What do you mean?" And through this influence and obviously kicking them down, the um, Victoria's Secret CEO actually resigned. I just think that shows like her influence for being outspoken. And I think this is shown time and time again in the media that diversity sells. Yeah. Like I literally don't understand after like orange is the new black, black, black Panther, things like that. I mean, we've touched upon this in our James Bond discussion, but, yeah. um, it, it is proven to be successful and people want to see yeah. diversity. People are calling for diversity, not as a yeah. tick box, but for legitimate reasons. Everyone needs to see representations of themselves in the media, on screen, in books, everywhere. Fantastic, um, yeah. And it's just, yeah. there just really isn't enough because, and also, I, I have to check myself with this as well because, like, Munro Bergdorf, I think, oh, the trans activist. And it's like, no, she's just, like, a woman, she's an activist and a speaker, but she, because there are so few transgender people in our in our yeah. media that they, each one becomes um, a spokesperson. I'm not sure yeah, if it true. was Munro or if it was someone else who um i heard an interview with this about and they were just like i don't want to be the spokesperson for mm, transgender true. people but it's placed on me because i'm one of the few people who is actually within the public's eye line on this yeah and i don't want that pressure but it's people like mamro who actually blaze the trail they are fighting the good fight and then that obviously you cannot be what you cannot see <laughs> i'm trying to remember the line there <laughs> Um, so hopefully it will inspire other people to get into mm. roles. And also with Monroe, she really does champion other women. Like yeah. she is, I think she can be viewed personally mm-hmm. as the kind of the intersexual feminist. Yeah, like she really does champion sort of able-bodied, um, yeah. disabled-bodied, um, all different body types, different races, ethnicities. Yes, so important. Yeah, she. she um, transgender cisgender she really does support all women exactly. or anyone who identifies as a woman and i think that's just amazing and her if you don't follow her on instagram or twitter then you definitely should um she posts snippets of her twitter feed on her instagram like every few days and they just remind people to check themselves and remind people um about all those issues yeah. i just mentioned which are really great to see on the timeline i think i need to check myself on stuff like that as oh, well oh god so do i yeah it's, it's a new hard. thing though it's an it's a new thing to not new, but I feel like our generation are the beginning of the, you know, being more aware. Woke. The yeah. woke generation. Yeah. But it does come, we've discussed it before, the flip side, like social media, you're so often in your echo chamber, you're often mm. following people who are just like you. It's so good to purposefully follow people from different backgrounds who have different opinions to you. And then yeah. you just realise that the world is actually diverse. It's not just, not everyone's like me. Yeah. And also with the whole woke thing, like... um Munro has actually written before that people weren't born woke and we need to remember that we're educating each other every day and so it shouldn't be seen as a negative true. thing if someone has said something that you might disapprove of you just need to learn from it yeah teach them or Absolutely. yourself like and this so ties into the discussion of like people being cancelled I just and like forgetting parts of our history like oh like we shouldn't let our children watch Disney princesses because it's just so not feminist and it's like no we need to hold that up as a reminder that society has moved on and now Disney are producing more progressive princesses like the ones from Tangled and Frozen and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just like we have moved past it but there's no if we get rid of it then we forget and then the same toxic influences could happen again in order for society to progress we must like we must remember this stuff this and learn like from it. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, Morgana, TM. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was our final one. Yeah, I feel like that was an interesting discussion. That was an interesting discussion. A good choice of women there. Yeah, and to end this segment, just happy International Women's Day to everybody. Oh, hope you're celebrating with your gal pals, um, with or without a few drinks. Yeah, glass of vino. We'll be having lots of sangria. Whoop whoop. <laughs> Okay, and on to the best segment of all. What have you been consuming this week? Picton? Food? Food. Okay, this is really, really lame. It's an oldie, <laughs> but a goldie. I went shopping hungry the other day, which was obviously a mistake, but also glorious. Of course. Um, I spent a lot of money. But my favourite was on a tiger, cheesy tiger bread roll. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
coleslaw and cheese sandwich. Oh, I know. Very good. So I want to say retro. Yeah, it was very old <laughs> it's school. Very old school. We've got nothing in the fridge. Yeah, but yeah, I'm loving oh, it. Oh, I love moment. tiger bread. Yeah, oh, cheesy, so cheesy good. baked tiger bread on the top. Oh, lovely. With coleslaw and grated cheese. Really funny about my cheese. What about you? Well, I was going to go with the classic this week was uh, Pancake Day, one Ooh. of the most wonderful days of the year. So, well, my favourite forever is the lemon juice and sugar. Really? Mm. Oh, yeah. What? What's I haven't yours? had one of those. Obviously, Nutella. Nutella and banana, yeah, or just and Nutella? Banana. Uh, well, see, my second pancake was actually melted dark chocolate with banana and nuts, which was also very nice. But I would just, the lemon juice and sugar pancake wins it for me Basically, every time. Actually, I've just said that I eat <laughs> cheese. All right, Mrs. Cheese sandwich. Roll. <laughs> Diss my pancake. Yeah, I greatly enjoyed consuming that. Oh, good. Um, do you want to kick off with what you've been consuming non food? Non-food, media-wise, non-food. I have <laughs> that, been consuming. Be I know, yeah. <laughs> I'll save you there. Um, so classic. I've been listening to a few pods. I like a good pod. I listened to Bryony Gordon, one of our faves. Oh, I haven't listened to any of hers recently. Um, yeah, so she was on the Naked Professors, which I've never heard of, and they kind of um, they it's a mental health podcast. Yeah. They discuss various issues about mental health. And Bryony Gordon, I don't know if we've spoken about her before, but me and Elle are quite big fans. Yeah, I like her. Um, we've read her book, The Wrong Knickers. I haven't read her book, Mad Girl, yet but I do want to read that. But um, basically, she's a spokesperson for mental health. She suffers from, sounds really awful, a form of OCD called Pure O. Okay. Um, these, like, obsessive thoughts um, that she gets, and it's all quite dark, and she kind of discusses this in the podcast, but she's she's just really funny. She is so She's funny. hilarious. She's a really talented writer. She ran the London Marathon last year in her underwear. She's just really cool, and she's so, like... I don't know when you when you think of a spokesperson for mental health, you think oh someone who's quite I don't know introverted se- or... or no like someone who's serious about oh, the issue, but she'll just lol and just be like yes, yeah, so the last week when I was a bit crazy, and you just kind of don't expect it, so it's quite yeah. jarring, but. She she is brilliant. Yeah. She's um previously interviewed Prince Harry, so everyone should go and listen to that Oh, one. listen to her podcast, Mad Girl. Like that is. Is it absolute... called Mad Girl? Oh no, it's called Mad, Mad World. World. Mad World. Sorry, Correction. the book is Mad Girl. Yeah, listen Still to related. Mad World, Bryony Gordon. It's by the Guardian, I think. Yeah, but um, fantastic. Yeah, podcast. she's that's really great. Yeah, um, so I listened to that. I also listened to Lolly Adafope on Feminist Don't Wear Pink podcast because I'd kind oh, of that, yeah. yeah I'd listened to the first few episodes of that and then I'd kind of like fallen off it yeah. uh, Feminists Don't Wear Pink I think we've mentioned before um, it's a book by Scarlett Curtis and she's kind of done an accompanying podcast series which are really good definitely worth listening to um, but the Lolly Adafope episode was really good because it kind of ties into what we've spoken about before with the Black James Bond discussion because okay. she kind of starts like oh will it be a black person will it be a woman and she was like why can't it be a black woman and that literally <laughs> wasn't mentioned at all yeah so like intersectional feminism that's kind of the topic of the podcast and it was all really interesting and she's just really funny i think she's quite a cool woman so that was worth listening also on Elle's recommendation i've checked out beyond today oh which is lil's recommendation to me oh the chain of pod recommendations um so i listened to one on like what makes an oscar winner which was quite interesting because it's the kind of stuff you expect like usually it has to be like a biography like like a stephen hawking something about a tragedy yep exactly like gritty real also very interesting prosthetic noses what will really help you yeah i know because if you think about it if they have like a big facial reconstruction yeah like i don't know like a who was it winston churchill gary oldman who played in the other year yeah, yeah. and like that that's just a big winner they love that they also love meta references to films okay and writing stuff like that um so yeah it was just really interesting some of the stuff more obvious some of the stuff more sneaky but um oh there were just some shocking statistics in it i wish i'd written them down now about how non-diverse the oscars were oh, yeah. before this oscars so white campaign it was like 90 percent i mean yeah. I, they that's not exactly white right. I haven't written it bench. down, but yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. white cisgender. It wasn't I like was Harry, Halle Berry had been the only woman to win an Oscar before, or something ridiculous. But like no, that. no, but I mean the Academy, the people who were voting. Uh, it was obscene. But hopefully the Oscars White So White campaign has changed that a little bit. Um, and also, oh, I think my, my consuming podcasts were all quite linked. I also listened to the Beyond Today episode on the ethnic pay gap 
um, which was um, about a woman who had heard about the gender pay gap when that colonel was all coming out with the BBC and she was like, I'm sure there's an ethnic pay gap too. And then she kind of was looking into that, particularly in like a university context, which was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was really shocking. They interviewed this woman who was a professor of history and she is the first black woman um, to become a history professor in the UK. What? what year do you think she was appointed? Well, now I'm scared it's this year. It was 2018. I was today years old when I read <laughs> <You know? gasps> Wow. Yeah, 2018. It was shocking. There was so few. And the, and it, this just really ties in, like, intersectional feminism. I'm so glad we've got people like Monroe Bergdorf. I know, yeah. Um, who are, like, really championing it because it is quite ridiculous when you put, like, race and gender together, how much, like, black women really are at the bottom mm. of the pyramid. I'm so finding. But, um, yeah, was those are my podcasts of the week also um consumed i've read a book i'm well i'm stop how are okay, you doing I'm, this i'm 50 pages from the end but i'm really enjoying underground railroad by yeah. colson whitehead i'm reading this for my course but it's actually a good one it's not one of the ones that i feel Let's forced celebrate. to read and um, like l help me um yeah it's about um slavery in america and the underground railroad are basically the passages they use to get slaves from the more oppressive southern states to the more abolitionist um northern states so that's really good and i would recommend um what else have i consumed oh we consumed it together this is my final one um little films that we've been watching over the course of the week we watched both high school musical one and well, two this together once you know that we are we're all stars and we see that we're going to learn the dance. Well, we just everybody. ended like fully on the same. <gasps> we should day. post it. When we learn the dance, we'll, we'll let you guys... Yes, we are. Yeah, guys, the plan is we've been <laughs> watching it with our housemates, so we're all going to learn the we're all in this together dance for Grad Ball. So if you go to Birmingham Uni, look You've out for us. You've got that to look forward to. <laughs> See you on the fab dance floor. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just loved it. And great. they're forever a classic. And I was totally like reading into it all like... I know. How me when I was like, oh, of course they'd put the two black characters together. Like they couldn't I have know. their interracial relations. Also, theory, High School Musical two, when uh, Ryan is there with his dad, and oh. Ryan likes to wear his hat um, on a wonk, and his dad keeps straightening it for him. I think may just be reading into it that his dad is not <laughs> happy with his son's sexuality and is trying to. Um, straighten him out straighten him out exactly well you know feedback guys three what do you think? times in the film he refers to ryan's wonky hat yep i will appreciate your comments please tweet please, us let us know <laughs> please tweet or message us individually on what you think about ryan and his straight also best hat. character in the film everyone else is being such a dick right okay let's move sorry on. yeah this anyway. is meant to be you know like a oh yeah a conversation current, a current, yeah, yeah yeah sorry i thought that me rambling oh what have you consumed um no i meant more like it's meant to be a current conversation and we're stuck in 2008 oh well it's never gonna leave <laughs> um yeah consuming wise i have watched umbrella academy i'm up to episode five ah, yes. so i'm actually quite enjoying it a bit yeah. random it's very weird mm-hmm. but it's kind of cool yeah. really loving ellen page after the interview on Control Art Delete. Yes. Yes. Really liked that. Thanks for the recommendation, Morgo. No problem. I also watched Louis Theroux's The Night in Question. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. So I watched that and it's basically about... Um, Louis Theroux goes on to co- uh, college campuses and talks to two different men who've been accused of you know sexual assault on campuses and talks about how they may not have been prosecuted by the law but there's like a section within college campus law that means that they can be suspended for a period of time without sort of like knowing anything so he sort of went into their opinions and then spoke to a sexual assault female survivor Mm. which is really moving um and her opinions of it and how she got through it and um all of that stuff so that's really interesting you should definitely go and watch um will do left sort of like wow that was i don't know i just left watching it like that was very that was a lot were you satisfied i'm trying to gauge your reaction no i don't think i was i feel like i wanted to know more of what happened afterwards there was like a byline but i guess it's too current isn't it what is ongoing they're ongoing investigations um it really smells like onions someone's cooking someone's cooking i live above the kitchen we are recording this in my room yeah um, I'll cook for you soon, boo. They're red onions, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> How can you do that? Can you not tell? They're red onions. Oh, anyway. I don't have the chef's palate. <laughs> I've also consumed a few podcasts. So, the live boob special. Live boob? Boob? <laughs> yeah. Boob? 
Special, not being special. <laughs> You're, you say it funny. Boob. Boob. You say it weird. <laughs> Do you I? say boob? Boob. <laughs> you say it like boobity bobbity boob. <laughs> <laughs> Betty boob. <laughs> you know, yeah. So the live boob special of Get It Off Your Breast from the 18th of February. Um, mm. They've got a panel of three different women on there, including the Slum Flower. Yeah. I had never heard of her before, and now I really like her. I've heard of her, but I didn't know that was her until... Like, I've seen her, but I didn't realise that was what ah, she was called. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know about That's another Saggy social media presence worth Saggy checking out. Matter, yeah. So um, that was really interesting to listen to her and the other women on there. I've also listened to Adulting, It's Good To Be Moody, have you listened to it? I haven't listened to any of this new you series. You will love that one. It's Ooh. about an app what are you trying to say? that tracks your moods in relation to your period. Ah, and we always discuss this. We do. I'll be like nearly in tears and I'll be like, why am I so upset? And then literally the next tablet came on my period. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely worth listening. Okay, yeah. we'll do. So that was really interesting. And then again, beyond today, just plugging them completely. But there's a, there's an episode They've a day. so many. There is an episode a day. Um, so why does Kashmir matter to people? Which is really interesting. I don't really know much about the um, partition, so I'm going to go and listen to more about that. Okay. It's like a contested area, and there's been like some God, I unrest you the type in that of jumper. area. No, it's a okay. place. Um, and then also number two, which I listened to, was Hawaii. Is there a tech cold war? <gasps> so interesting. Really? Yeah. No, honestly, so okay, interesting. Go on. So well, everyone should go listen to it. It's only about twenty minutes long, but essentially, it's about issues re america v china in the Ooh. tech war for 5g which means that things so for we've got 4g yeah and 5g will be a hundred times faster and the implications okay. of this are that like if cars have 5g installed yeah um the car behind a car crashing will be able to pick that up and avoid crashing into it Ooh. Madness. So 5G is like really lucrative and basically Huawei is a Chinese firm and Americans don't it's really hard to get hold of a of a Huawei in China, oh. um, because they think that they're trying to spy. And there's also this wow. whole issue of like five G and them competing over that, and the the um potential like breakup of the internet. And Britain are in a position where we're sort of like, eh, we're cool with China and Huawei, but will this become an issue between America? Um, it's get wow. it's mad. It's you need very to dystopian, isn't it? It's a bit crazy. And then finally, which I think we were both waiting to discuss, was yeah, we do need to have a little discussion about this. It's actually leaving Neverland Part One. Part Two's tonight, so we yeah. can only speak on behalf of Part One. But that's enough to set off the internet, isn't it? So there's been so much controversy. So much. What's your thoughts? Go on, feed me back. I have to say, I was very convinced by the documentary. So was I. Yeah, I I think. I think they. I, I I watched it and I didn't. I didn't villainize anyone. I didn't think anyone. I don't think Michael Jackson's a bad person. I think he's very damaged. Like he's had mm. a very, like an upbringing with a, abusive parents. Not sexually abusive, but um, who didn't treat him very well. He's been so famous from such a young age. Even just seeing the footage of like the pe- the amount that people go mad for him. I think he really sought the company of these young boys because he was a lo- he was a lonely child man. Yeah, well, and also I'm just think psychologically he is still in such a repressed. I think he's still got the mind of a young yeah. boy. Well, that's what and, the mum said on it. She said yeah. he was like a young child. And, exactly, yeah. and I think also because if you think of all the people he sees in his day to day, they're like, oh my god, Michael, I love you. You're yes, so ma'am. amazing. Yeah. I think a young boy would be the kind, the only person where you'd actually get honesty. You'd be like, your hair looks a bit funny today, Michael. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, or just the fresh innocent conversation and like kicking a football around or you know or watching a film or whatever they did but oh it, it was a thorny issue isn't I know it? sort of like I, do, I agree that I, I felt like it was a tragedy yes that the whole situation um particularly with you know Michael being so lonely and kind of isolated and very very disturbed and damaged yes, as a human very much but then I also like you and I think most people on the internet yeah. do not agree that that constitutes acceptable behavior of 100%. molesting children yeah um, as young as seven and interestingly people on the internet because i was i was literally logged into twitter oh yeah that, um seeing any and twitter does seem divided um but people trying to defend him i think they are not open to the I idea think that it could honestly, be true i think they don't yeah. want to believe it but it's it's such mm-hmm. a big star and it's such a big influence in a lot of people's lives and the music is like unavoidable exactly and them accusing the victims of not coming forward earlier is just not really on. I thought we'd move past that. And interestingly, yeah. so I listened to Rose McGowan on Ways to Change the World, um, the Channel 4 
podcast Mm -hmm. and she said about herself this was not in relation to neverland it hadn't even come up in the conversation at this point um she said i had every right to stay silent as a victim for as long as i did even though she didn't but you know she got asked about that and and victims do have every right to come forward when it's right for them because of fear because of financial issues because of deaf character defamation and so i think that we do have to listen to these stories and give them the space to be listened to properly and be open to hearing and understanding and believing. Be open to it, not necessarily yeah. always, but be open to, 100%. to believing it. Yeah, I think, honestly, some people went into the documentary with the mindset of Michael Jackson is a hero and yeah. I'm not going to give any time of day to what these people have to say. And I think people who did that, it's just, it's so simplistic. Watching the documentary, you see these victims... Like from the if you have been abused at the age of seven, your mm. psychology is not right. You are damaged in yeah. some way, and I'm sorry, but like, and and then the story it, it they explain it all in the documentary. They loved Michael. They were fans of him. Of course, their story is going to change. They yeah. didn't realize it was abuse. They thought it was a, a sign love. of love. Yeah. like literally, they that one of them was like married to him. And the and the parents were equally as manipulated. Exactly. And what I think is really interesting is all these people are so quick to jump to his defense. And say you know the victims didn't are changing their stories, changing. but in, victims do exactly, their exactly because they change their opinions. Exactly. Not of what happened. That doesn't mean the events change. It means what they think about the event has changed, which is 100%. perfectly acceptable. But after watching um, "Abducted in Plain Sight," probably the most ridiculous story you've ever heard in your life. But again, true, we all take it as given. Mm-hmm. Um, you realise in that that parents and adults can be manipulated by other adults, and yeah. that can lead to instances of abuse like this. And in that, Jan Bro- um, Brogberg is in love with. Birchold. she said oh, i was in love with him yeah and it took her years to untangle that feeling of love and realize what he did turn it's exactly the same in this yeah. case i think they magnified so, if anything they were by, so manipulated yeah. and in love with him that probably until now they didn't even realize that it was not love that they were yeah, being shown i so agree and i think that's just times 10 because it's michael jackson yeah. and that means the parents themselves were starstruck everyone was they were just like this is michael jackson like mm. Uh, the one the children was a super fan the way that the victims talk in the um in the documentary it like to me really like seems like therapy the discourse of therapy like it really seems like they've gone out like they have they are looking back on the time now and they can analyze it like they speak really eloquently mm-hmm. about it and they kind of acknowledge it to be abuse but you just look at it like i like you couldn't have thought that at the time yeah and you couldn't have thought that a few years ago it's only now that victims are even being given the time of day let yeah. alone the language to describe it that's so true um and i do think i mean there's we still have part two to go and obviously, yeah. um i would have liked to have seen more about like michael's personal biography i think they probably assumed everyone kind of knows it but i would actually like to know more about his history and like his his upbringing is it dan dan reed who's i think there's another documentary about it no no i think the guy who's producing directing this one didn't Uh didn't want it to be Um, about michael they want it to be about the victims because it's their story and it doesn't want to be and that's the only story that hasn't been told yeah saying you know oh but he was abused yeah that doesn't excuse it i guess yeah that is so true but i think it was very well done and i am inclined to leave them yes very much looking forward to part two however well looking forward to it i know i don't know how to phrase that We'll be watching. It'll be interesting. Part two. But yes, otherwise, tomorrow we will be cheersing for G's birthday on International Women's Day with a yes, glass we will. or a jug of sangria. <laughs> and tapas and paella. Let's not lie. All yeah, right. looking forward to it. See Happy you next International week. Women's Day.